And I've had the, the honor of having my story shared all across the world in Good Morning America, the Kelly Clarkson show, People Magazine. And it has snowballed in ways that I didn't think were possible. And, you know, you mentioned that the physical transformation is like the most apparent, but I always tell people that that transformation would not have happened had I not done that mental transformation that really had to happen first. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the show. You guys are going to absolutely love today's episode. I was recommended this guest by a few of my clients who follow her. Her name is Coach Kaya. And over the last few years, she has lost over 125 pounds by taking ownership of her life. You guys, she, she and I sound so similar in so many regards. You guys are going to absolutely love the show. We talk about not only weight loss, but mostly mindset, business, family, relationships, all the things. You guys are going to love it. Y'all, I'm super excited for today's guest. Her name is Kaya. Kaya, how do you say your last name? So my last name is Twistleman. I just got married though. My new last name is Burchett. So I'm still getting used to it, but I'm very attached to my maiden name. So I like to say both. <laughs> Girl, so my actual, it's so funny that you say that because my, uh, you know, I call it my stage name. My stage name was my born name, which is Christina Lecure, but I've been uh, married. I've been with my husband for a really long time now. And that's actually not my married name. My husband, uh, my married name is something completely different, but no one probably from my audience would ever be able to guess what it is. Cause I go by my stage name. So don't feel like you have to pull in the married name anymore. I like that. I like that. You know, I think my husband, he's really proud of his last name and I like it too. So I'm just going to introduce both and it'll be a really long name. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Well, you guys, if you do not know Kaya, I am recently uh, a big fan of Kaya. I asked on my social media a few weeks ago, is there any guests that I need to have on my show? And besides like the typical, like Ed Milet and uh, Mel Robbins, you know, I always get those two because I'm a big fan, have yet to be able to pull enough strings to have both of them, but I'm sure I will at some point in time. But someone who came up twice was you, Kaya, from a couple of my clients. And so I thought I would stalk your page for a minute. And, um, I was like, yeah, I am a big fan. Even though we have very different stories, I believe that we have very similar stories because I think both of us, you know, had to take ownership of our life per se. And we did, we had different upbringings, different dynamics, but both of us were in a situation where neither one of us liked where we were at and we made massive changes. And my massive changes definitely came more in my mind, but your massive changes, sister, are externally 
Unbelievable. And I know the mind is a big part of it, but I would love for you to introduce yourself and then we can kind of dive into it. How's that sound? That sounds great. So I like to lovingly say that I'm a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach because I feel like that's kind of, that really sums up my story in one little nugget. So I grew up in rural California, like an hour from the nearest grocery store, high school, gas station, like middle of nowhere on my family's cattle ranch. And they still ranch. We've been ranching for seven generations now. Um, And growing up, I, you know, was always surrounded by great food, great people, but I really struggled with my weight. And most importantly, I think underneath that weight was really my struggle with body image. And it started from as, as early as I think I can remember knowing that I had a body. I think that I felt shame about that body. And I started dieting in this pursuit to find happiness and joy in myself by changing my body, I think as early as age 10, maybe a little bit sooner is when I went on my first diet. And I struggled all the way through elementary school, all the way through high school, through college, through my young professional careers, career, and really just struggling with carrying this extra weight and feeling unhappy, unhealthy, and unfulfilled. And there was kind of, you know, I think sometimes in our lives, um, change happens gradually. And I think for some of us, we can look back and see like one instance and one moment that really was a catalyst for a big transformation. And that's what happened for me. So when I was at my first, I say big kid job out of college, I worked for the Kentucky beef council. So my job was basically to, um, connect consumers to producers and share the story of agriculture. And one of the programs I was in charge of was the nutrition program. Now I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not a doctor. I have no credentials. And I knew that the the stuff that I was sharing was true because it was researched by other professionals, but I felt so conflicted in this role because I also didn't look the part of someone who should be giving nutrition advice at my heaviest. I weighed 285 pounds and I felt Like I was doing this industry that I grew up in more of a disservice than a help because I was not walking the talk. And my moment really, I call it the seatbelt moment. So I was on a flight from Kentucky to Arizona for a work conference and I get on the airplane and being someone who weighed 285 pounds, you know, certain spaces in our society aren't inclusive yet for people. And so I love to travel, but I always had a lot of anxiety around it because I didn't really fit into airplane seats. And I went and sat down in my seat. I should say squeezed myself into the seat and I went to buckle my seat and it didn't fit. And full transparency, this was not the first time that my seatbelt did not fit on an airplane before I had just got really good at covering with it with a sweatshirt, which I don't recommend y'all for your safety. <laughs> um, but at the time the air, the airline um, stewardess came by and she saw me struggling and she said, honey, can I get you a seatbelt extender? And I said, yes, thank you. And the only thing that I could do to not burst into tears out of pure, just shame and embarrassment was to shove my face in this book that I happened to just buy at the airport bookstore. And the book was Rachel Hall's book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And I sat on the airplane and I devoured it in a four hour plane ride. And, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if it was anything in the book that I hadn't heard before, but it was the fact that it was a moment in time when I was really ready to receive the message. And the main message that really stood out to me in that book that hit me like a loving slap in the face was the conversation of ownership. It was this wake up call to me that I had been blaming everyone and everything in my life for why I was unhappy, unhealthy, and unfulfilled instead of taking massive ownership of my own choices. You know, I blamed my genetics for why I couldn't lose the weight. I blame my job for why I didn't make enough 
enough money to do fancy weight loss programs for why I didn't have time to go to the gym. I blame my partner too, thinking that if he doesn't hop on the dieting bandwagon with me, then I'm not going to be successful. And it was like, it, it was a really hard pill to swallow to think, oh my gosh, it's my choices that got me here. It's nobody's fault, but my own. But at the same time, it was the most freeing realization because if it was my choices that got me there, then it was my choices that could get me somewhere else. And that was my light bulb moment. And that was really this catalyst for my personal development journey. And later that year, I decided that I was going to make a change, but this time, instead of doing the the punishing diets and self-shame that I had tried to use to change my body in the past, I decided I would take it with the small baby steps. And I did five simple habits for the last 90 days of 2018 using Rachel Hollis's five to three five to thrive habits at the time. And after 90 days, I had already lost 25 pounds, but more importantly, I had rebuilt a foundation of my relationship with myself. I had learned how to approach this transformation, not, not from a place of hate and judgment and wanting to change my body, but from a place of love, gratitude, and appreciation and wanting to care for it really, really well. And that mindset shift changed everything for me. Fast forward a year I had lost over a hundred pounds in one year and accidentally after just sharing my story organically on social media, people started asking me if I ever did coaching and I didn't know what life coaching was or if I was qualified to do it, but I am a yes gal. So I decided to give it a try and I fell in love with it and it completely changed my whole perspective on my struggle. You know, in, in the past, I saw my struggle with body image and weight as this huge curse, the greatest curse in my life. And now on this side of it, I'm able to look back and see how that was my greatest blessing. So now I'm a full-time life coach and a speaker. Um, I have the incredible opportunity to use my own struggles to empower other women walking through similar paths as well. And I've had the, the honor of having my story shared all across the world in Good Morning America, the Kelly Clarkson show, People Magazine, and it has snowballed in ways that I didn't think were possible. And, you know, you mentioned the, the physical transformation is like the most apparent, but I always tell people that that transformation would not have happened had I not done that mental transformation that really had to happen first. Mm. Oh my gosh. There's so much, so many goodies in there. And I love all of it. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I feel so very similar. You know, if you were to look back at my life 15 years ago, I kind of had the opposite in you in the fact that like I had a horrible eating disorder. So we were kind of the same. It's just completely the different, you know, opposite sides of the spectrum. But, you know, if you were to look at my life then versus looking at my life now, you would have thought that my life then was pretty in incredible due to the fact that, you know, I was super fit. I was really lean. I was on television shows. I was playing golf professionally. I was doing all the things. And I now say that like, you see this version of me, which still looks very similar, but the inside is 180 degrees different. And that's exactly like for you. It's just that yours is shown on the outside. I'm just, yes, to all the things, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of people skip over when they're losing the weight and, and correct me if you believe this is true or not, but when people are trying to lose the weight, I think one of the reasons, and I think the stat is like 95% of people who lose the weight will never keep it off. You've been, how long has yours been off now? I lost my first hundred pounds um, from 2018 to 2019. 
Okay. So you've been able to literally keep it off at least, at least three years now, you know, the stats for people who lose the weight and then gain it back are dramatically, you know, they're really high. And I think the exact reason for that is the reason why you said is that they didn't fix the inside. They fixed the outside, but they had no idea how to fix the inside. And for myself personally, that was exactly like I could have fixed all of the bullshit on the outside, but unless I took ownership of fixing what was on the inside. And for me, everything came down to worthiness. I never believed I was worthy of outside of how I looked, how much money I made and what I was doing for a career. And for me, I had to figure out that I was worthy because I was born. And I think that even in your weight loss journey, and, you know, obviously I'd love your take on it, but like, if you would have just lost the weight and not fix the inside, what do you think the chances are that you would have been, you know, looking as fab as you do now? Oh my gosh, Christina, I agree with everything you said just now, 1000%, 1000%. And I think, you know, I, I know that it wouldn't have worked had I not done the, the inside work because I had tried and attempted so many times. And I think what stopped me from really succeeding, which is, which is exactly what you're saying here was, I think for me, I had, I believed in this lie of once, and I'm curious if your story is similar. I believed in this lie of once thinking, I'll finally feel worthy and love myself once I lose the weight. Once I can fit into, you know, a size eight or something below, you know, a double digits. I'll finally love myself once I'm in the relationship. Once I make that amount of money. Once I can go into any boutique and find something on the racks that actually fits me. I had this idea that everything that I wanted, joy, happiness, fulfillment, fulfillment, self-acceptance. I believe that everything I wanted was on the other side of a goal weight was on the other side of the circumstance. And what I had to realize was that everything that you want in life, most of it has to do with a feeling. And our feelings don't come from our circumstances. Our feelings come from our thoughts. And what I had to learn was if I want to feel worthy, loved, beautiful enough, I don't have to wait to lose a single pound to start fostering that relationship with myself right now. And by really doing that mental work and rebuilding my relationship from the inside out, starting at 285 pounds, not waiting until I lost the weight, that is really what made this time so much different than every other time that I had pursued quote unquote health in the past. And I think before I thought health meant weight loss and my relationship with that word health and what health means has really dramatically changed over the last year or few years, excuse me, as I really continued. And I think I'm still continuing to pull myself out of diet culture, which I think is really what perpetuates a lot in our society, this belief of once, which is total, excuse my language, bullshit. Oh, girl, you don't know me. I'm sorry. I cuss like an absolute sailor. So literally, you are not going to offend me at all. All right, good. <laughs> um, I totally, I totally agree. And I'd love to talk about a few of those steps because I'm sure our steps are very similar in um, how we've kind of taken ownership of our life and how we've dramatically changed our lives. You know, one thing that I believe to be true, and I think you're talking about is, you know, this just doesn't happen overnight. I believe, you know, I talk a lot about confidence and success. You know, I believe that I'm very confident. I believe I'm very successful. And I think the reason why I've been able to gain that confidence over the last 10, 15 years is because I'm always willing to show up. I think confidence grows from the willingness to show up. Confidence grows every time you do a hard thing. You know, you prove to yourself that you can do another hard thing. Tell me in the beginning of your journey, what like 
you were talking about the five small steps. I, I'm not a big Rachel Hollis person, so I don't really know about this. I obviously I've heard of the book and I've heard of her, but um, I didn't, I didn't really resonate with her that uh, much, but the five step thing. And I think the small things are bang on. I totally get it because anytime I have a client, whether it's for business or personal, who's going through a rough time, I always come back to what is your morning routine? Like, what are your small habits? Like, what are the things that you're doing to take care of yourself? And almost every single time when things are kind of awry and people are not, you know, having the best week or the best days, it's because they're not sleeping well. They're not doing their morning gratitude. They're not moving their body. They're not doing the small habits. So I'd love that your take on that. Yes. Oh my gosh. And okay. Approaching things too, with the small baby steps. I think that before I had this idea of if I want to change my life, I have to do it drastically overnight. Like I have to remove all of the cookies, carbs, and everything terrible from my fridge. I have to join a gym and start learning how to run a marathon and doing that is what always caused me to burn out. And so I believe like to my core in the power of baby steps, that has been the foundation for my entire transformation. So the five habits that I started with were really similar to the ones you honestly just rattled off. I mean, it's not, it's not this like big secret, but I think that we, we have a a tendency to underestimate what can happen in a year and overestimate what can happen in a week. And so we think these small changes are too minute to really make a difference, but we don't realize the impact those small steps add up to over time. So my five I habits, always say, so I don't mean to interrupt you, but I always say good. the secret, Kaya, the secret is actually doing them. Like yes. everyone wants yes. to know what the fucking secret is. Guess what? Newsflash, the fucking secret is doing them. And that's where everyone gets off track is my personal opinion. 100%. We keep looking for the how. And the truth is, Christina, we know how. We all know how. We all know how to treat our bodies well. Like we know. We need to stop looking up research and stuff because we know. We know how to do it. You are spot on. The problem is we just aren't showing up and doing it. And the not doing it piece, that's the internal work you have to do in order to get yourself to show up. So my five habits, and they still look really similar in my life, was wake up an hour earlier for yourself. And when I started my health journey, it's not by accident, I think, that that's also when I started my my entrepreneurial journey, because that is a mindset journey as well, which I'm sure you'll probably agree with. We're going to talk about that sister. Okay. Love it. So when I woke up an hour earlier for myself, I used that to the second habit, which is, um, move my body for at least 30 minutes. And that's just any form of movement. I started with free YouTube dance workouts in my living room because I knew my motivation was going to decrease if I had to leave the house. And I was so self-conscious. I didn't want anyone to see me working out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to meet myself where I'm at. And I'm going to shake my booty at home in private in my living room. So move my body, wake up an hour earlier for myself. The third is to drink half my body weight in ounces of water and really focus on hydration. The fourth is to write down 10 things that I'm grateful for every single day. That gratitude piece, you mentioned it, Christina, a life-changing practice. And the last one is just to give up one food that doesn't bless my body. And it's not about restriction. It's more about tuning into how you feel and recognizing what foods don't make you feel your best and just not consuming those, not from a place of like, you can't have this, but from a place of this doesn't make my body feel great. So I'm not going to consume it in that way anymore. You know what? That's so, that's so good because I used to make myself feel really bad that I didn't want to eat raw vegetables, but raw vegetables make me feel like absolute death. So I actually don't eat raw, many raw vegetables anymore. Like I'll have like one or two carrots here and there, but like 
subconsciously, I know I have a really weak digestive system. So I'm like, I'm not eating those because I want to feel like crap when I'm done and they're vegetables. So like, you know, the old habits, the old, you know, you know, eating disorder type of habits come in and thinking to myself, Christina, you should be eating a salad over eating this. But like, I love what you said. Like, it's like, what makes sense for you? I don't think that there's one size fits all for anything. And what you're talking about, like the morning, the gratitude journal, you know, anyone who joins any of my mastermind programs, and I actually send them to one-on-one clients all the time is we do the, the five minute journal. I'm sure you've heard of it, but five minute journal has sponsored all of my events for so many, for so many years, because it's just the simplest little things, but you know what you focus on, you find. So if you wake up thinking about all of the reasons why you can't lose the weight and how bad you are and how negative you are. And, but I was caught in those traps as well. Like we were all caught in those traps. So the five small habits, and then what happened over the course of time. So with the five small habits, I just committed to showing up for 90 days. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do the action piece because that's what I've missed every other time. I'm I'm just going to see what happens. And I wasn't totally convinced or bought into it actually making a difference. And what happened was, and you mentioned earlier about the confidence thing. I know you're a confidence coach was I showed up for myself doing five simple habits every single day, right? And it didn't take a ton of my time. They're really simple, right? The, 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 the solution is often really simple. But what happened was by keeping that promise to myself, I started to rebuild my trust. And that every time I showed up for myself, it was like depositing a coin in my self-confidence bank. And it was really changing the way that I thought about myself. Because so many other times before, I'd have these big lofty goals and dreams. Like this is gonna be our year. You know, that 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 January 1st mentality, like everything is gonna change now. And it would always trail off. I'd always get burnt out like two or three weeks in. And this time it was more about like, I want to be the kind of person that makes time to move my body. I want to be the kind of person that cares for myself, like the friend that I deserve. And by really embracing that identity, every time I showed up for myself, it was just affirming this new identity that I wanted to create for myself. And that is what created this confidence. So this was the last, the last quarter of the year was the last 90 days. And it was the first time in my life come January 1st, I didn't feel like I was making these empty promises myself. And it wasn't me making this dramatic, like, oh, it's January 1st. Now I need to completely change my life. It was more like, no, like I am creating the type of person that I want to be. And I already have that momentum. I'm just going to keep showing up for myself. And it's really that building of confidence that changed things for me. And I think that I had the idea that I'll be confident once I lose the weight, but it's more, I will become more confident the second that I show up for myself and every moment after this, that I continue to show up for myself, just getting richer in confidence, depositing another coin in the bank. Okay. I have a question during those 90 days. Cause I, I believe oftentimes that we need accountability. I always say that like accountability is sometimes game changing, especially when you're making like really big decisions in your life. You know, I, I give uh, all my one-on-one clients, they get 24 hour a day access to me because I want them to always be able to be accountable to me. Two questions. One, did you have any accountability to anyone besides yourself? And two, were there any days that you quote unquote made a mistake? Yes. And yes, and yes, and yes. So for the accountability piece, when I first started, I really had to get on my own way of thinking that everybody else had to be bought into it in order for me to succeed. You know, I mentioned that one of the things holding me back was this idea of my partner, my boyfriend needs to do this too, or else I can't do it. And I realized that 
my dreams don't have to be his dreams. And it's okay for me to make my own choices and have it look different than my friends, my family, and the people that I love around me. Like I get to decide what my life looks like. And so when I first started, I didn't have a ton of external accountability, um, but my journal kind of became my own self accountability. And as I started though, and as I just started sharing more openly on social media with friends and family about it, people started asking me questions. And my best friend, Jessica actually said, Hey, Kaya, I love what you're doing. Like, I'd love, I'd love to join you in this. And so she kind of halfway through my journey became my accountability buddy through Marco Polo. And it was an opportunity, not for us just to encourage and say like, Hey, I'm working out today. Like check the box. It was also someone that I could say like, Hey, I'm really struggling today and I don't feel like showing up and, or like, Hey, I binge ate today and I quote unquote fell off the wagon, but having someone to talk through that with, to reaffirm your identity, to give you an outside perspective, to tell you what's true, because it's so easy for us to believe our own thoughts and lies that, that really self-sabotage us was a huge game changer. And now on this side of things, I feel like I've created my own accountability by building a community around, you know, creating this healthy life that we love. I think accountability is huge, but I also think it's important for us to realize that if we don't have that person, even if we don't have a coach yet, or someone that's doing this journey with us, we can create our own self-accountability and we can also create, um, or find mentors, even if we don't know them directly and they don't know us by watching what we're consuming. So I became a avid student of all the self-help people, but also all of the entrepreneur leaders. And I started binging podcasts. And I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast right now who are probably thinking like, Christina is that person for me. Like maybe I'm not a, a client of hers currently, but listening to her podcast is my little extra recharge of motivation. And that's really what helped me at the beginning was getting out of my own way of thinking that someone else has to do this with me and recognizing like, how can can I create an environment for success, not just my physical environment, but also the environment with the stuff and content that I'm consuming as well. That was huge. And you asked about the mistakes, Christina. Yes, of course I made mistakes. And for me, I think the biggest thing was learning how to change my relationship with failure. I used to really think that failing meant that I wasn't good enough, that, you know, this always happens, that this is why I can't be successful. I would create, I would let failure become my identity instead of letting failure be an event of my journey. And now what I've really learned is that like failure is actually wonderful. Like sure. It doesn't feel great in the moment, but I didn't get here despite my struggles, but because of them, someone said that once. And I just love that perspective and really learning to see that you're going to fail. I hope that you fail. I hope you fail your face off because everything that you pursue that's new and challenging, you're not going to do it perfectly. And we have to get out of this perfectionist mentality and think like, Oh, I made a mistake. I'll start over on Monday. Like, no, you made a mistake. You, you failed. And now is your opportunity to stand back up, learn something through that failure to make you stronger as you keep going. So yes, I failed a lot and I continue to fail. And I hope I continue to fail because that's where growth happens. Oh, no wonder. Um, a couple of my clients recommended you. We sound very, very similar in a lot of regards. I love it. So good. Something that you said there about your boyfriend at the time, which I think I've heard you say is now your husband, correct? Correct. Because I get at questions all the time about my husband and I, because we've been together 18 years now. He was with me in the beginning when I was an absolute disaster. And, you know, fast forward now, I, I truly believe we have one of the greatest marriages on the planet. And people always ask me, like, how did we get there? And I, and I firmly say, like, I was, 
I literally could have done nothing but take care of myself. And I'm super thankful to God always that I had a husband who leaned into it and did his own work instead of going deuces, I'm out. Um, but I will say too, that like, how did that, and, and I'm the first person to say that our marriage, like we've been in marriage counseling and we work on ourselves and all of the things, but how did your transformation, you know, affect your relationship? If you're willing to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great question. And we have not been together for 18 years. So um, (laughs) there's still a lot of growing to be had for sure. We got married fairly recently, actually in May, but we've known each other for um, about six years this month um, and been together for five. So that's a long time. It is, it is a long time. And so when I met Brent, um, I was still like, I was, I was at that place, the one of the darkest place in my life. I don't think people realize that I was because I've always been a very outwardly outgoing. Um, I I put on the air of confidence and people didn't really realize how much I was struggling deep down. Me too. I will tell you, I looked like my life looked like a storybook, but I was not in a good spot. So I totally get it. Totally. And so, um, you know, actually when I, during our, what our marriage vows, I had mentioned something, I think that there was not a dry eye in the, in the audience that day, but I talked about how Brent really loved me before I knew how to love myself. And I really do believe that that's true because, you know, Brent, you know, they say the whole, like you love each other through thick and thin, and he has loved me through thick and thin quite literally. Um, and for me, you know, Brent didn't, when I decided to make these changes for myself, he didn't hop on the the health bandwagon with me. And I had to really realize that that was okay, that we are on our own journeys. Like, yes, we are in a partnership together, but what I do for me doesn't have to mean that he has to do that for himself. And also him not hopping on board doesn't mean that I can't make these choices for myself as well. And so, you know, there's that old saying that when the tide rises, all ships rise with it. And so Brand has always been a really wonderful supporter. He might not be out there going for runs with me all the time, but he's always cheering me on and always empowering me. And what I saw in, in, our, in my life and in our relationship was by me doing the work on myself, instead of me telling him what he should be doing, which by the way, never works. You can never tell someone how to change their life. <laughs> it has to be a choice they make for themselves. Um, it was just basically like me being a witness to him of what it looked like to really take exceptional care of myself. And I saw it slowly overflow into his life as well. Like just the language that he would make about things like, Oh, I'm going to stop eating this because I'm satisfied. Or he goes on a walk with me now every single day after lunch, which was not something that he would do beforehand. And just the small ways that it's really impacted the way that he shows up for himself too, not because I'm forcing him to, but because I'm just being a living, breathing example next to him of what it looks like to take great care of myself. And I got to say too, this last year, uh, me and my girlfriend, Jessica, who I mentioned earlier, we trained for our first half marathon, which was virtual because it was in the middle of COVID and Brent bless his heart. He's not a runner currently who knows anything's possible, but he went, he drove ahead of us cause we just did it virtually. And he was our mobile hydration station and he would like drive and make the pit stops and give us water and food. And, um, when I was training for my marathon, half marathon too, he'd get on a bike and he'd bike next to me as I was running. So like he has been a huge support system for me. And I do think that you know, I get asked by people all the time, like, how do I get my husband to hop on board? How do I empower my kids to do this too? How do I, you know, get my mom to join me, my aunt to join me? And the truth is like, you can't, the best thing that you can do for the people that you love around you 
is just to show up and be an example of what it looks like to do that, to do that for yourself. We can't fix other people, but we can fix ourselves. And when the tide rises, all ships rise with it. And I had no idea how doing what at the time to me felt selfish, which now I have a lot of different opinions about what that means to be selfish. Me showing up and taking time for myself, it overflowed into my husband. It overflowed into the people that I love most. My brother started taking care of himself and lifting weights and he lost 75 pounds. My best friend lost 50 pounds. I had my aunt and uncle out walking on the ranch with me. Like it just was so crazy to see how all of that happened. And it wasn't by me telling anybody what to do or how they should show up, but just by living my own best life. And the way that that overflows to other people is wildly powerful. Mm, I totally agree. And I'm really glad that we touched on that because I do think that the crazy part is, is like so many people will tell themselves the excuse, like I've heard it a thousand times and I'll hear it a thousand times again. And so will you, is that, well, the rest of my family isn't on board. How am I supposed to get everyone on board? And I'll be honest, I think there is a point in time where you have to, like, let's say your husband never really got on board and let's say he was pulling you down in some regards. Sometimes people have to make really hard decisions, but you know, I always say like deciding it's your turn is your turn. Like you can't make it for any any other person. And you have to decide how bad you want it and what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're willing to do in spite of others. And I actually think that like, sometimes that is the best part is when you have to do it in spite of what everyone else says. I'm an extremely competitive person, which I actually think works in my favor. Um, but I would like, you know, I say it all the time. I've even said it on the golf course. Like I'd rather lose my arm than lose. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths that I have is that like, I will force myself to do the, to do the really hard things. And like I said, I'm really thankful that Nathan got on board with me, but I also too, like I didn't force him to do anything. It's like that rising ships. It's like osmosis. He, he was watching how dramatically different I was and kind of thought to himself, like it's and he actually has been on my podcast many times. And he said that, you know, he would have looked at it as like him being lazy for him, not really kind of upping his game as well. And we've both kind of gone, you know, we've been in different seasons of our life, different seasons of our businesses, but it's nice to be able to support one another, but you really have to do everything for yourself. So I love that you said that. And I think we really did need to touch on that because I'm sure you and I both get those questions. And speaking of the business questions, I kind of want to transition a little bit into this because you obviously, and you and I both basically, um, my business really started by me 180 my life and people coming to me and saying, um, you're not the same person. How have you done this? What are you doing? <laughs> and that's when I was like, you know, and I'm sure you've gotten the question a thousand times as well. And in the beginning, it's almost like, who am I to be doing this? I know that for, for sure. And so many people that are holding them back. I always say that every single person on this planet has a purpose, a God-given purpose, and it is their responsibility to live it out. And clearly you are now living in your purpose. And so many people hold themselves back because perhaps they don't have, you know, the diploma on the wall or whatever it may be. But let's be honest, the last three years of your life have been, you know, more than university can provide. So when people started coming to you, and I'd love to know your side of it, I know, obviously, it's probably going to be similar to mine. But when people started coming to you in the beginning and saying, hey, Kaya, like, what have you done? What are you doing? How did that all evolve into the successful business that you now have? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that when I started my health journey, 
this last time. I mean, I know our health journey is our whole lives, but I kind of see my October 1st, 2018 as my new beginning. Um, I mentioned the waking up earlier for myself an hour earlier, and I started on my entrepreneurship journey, actually doing freelance, um, creative design and marketing for businesses in agriculture. That's, you know, the, the community that I grew up in. And, um, so that's what I was doing at the time. And as I just started sharing more about my, my, my health journey, when people started approaching me, it was mostly friends, family, and acquaintances. Um, you know, I, I was always happy to just share my feedback and I would always share videos about like, this is what I'm doing. A lot of it's mindset, like really preaching a lot of the same stuff that I preach now. But then I had people saying like, I want to hire you as a coach and like, talk about imposter syndrome. Like you mentioned, I was like, I don't have the qualifications. I don't think like, what does being a coach even mean? What does that look like? Who am I to do this? But I really do but as, after a few people were asking, I'm like, okay, if this many people are asking me about coaching, like maybe there's something to this. And my grandpa used to always tell me, he said, Kaya, whatever it is that you do, you've got to do something with people. And when I was in high school, I was like, well, what the heck does that mean? Like, how do I translate that into a career? Like, I thought everyone was good with people. I realize now that's not necessarily the case. Um, but the word that kept coming up for me this last year was aligned. Like it felt like my my struggles and the hardships I faced were aligned with, um, my talents and were aligned with this like passion that I had for really people and helping other people. And so I decided to lean into it. And I said, okay, like my first friend that asked me, her name is Jana. And she, she's like, I really want to try this. Like, and I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll do it, but you have to know that I've never done this before. And we're going to learn together. And she's like, perfect. That sounds great. And I really appreciate that. I had some people that were willing to like bet on me, um, to really give me that experience. And I fell in love with it. And so people just organically were asking me, I still wasn't publishing that I was coaching, but people asked, I said, yeah, like I'm doing it on the side, like, sure, we'll work together. And it went, I like found myself wanting to do way more coaching than I was doing my designing. It felt like it was way easier for me and way more purpose driven. And like, I was just hungry for more of it, but I still wasn't like, okay, this still can't be a career. Like I'm not a coach. Like this is just something I do on the side. And where things really changed for me happened when I had my first, I guess, big media exposure. Um, the people that work for the beef, it's what's for dinner brand. I don't know if you've ever heard of that campaign. Um, they, oh yeah, for sure. What it's what's for dinner beef. It's what's yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's for dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do it much better than I do. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I've been practicing. So they had reached out to me. They said, you know, you grew up on a cattle ranch. We love your story. We know that beef has always been a part of your diet. You are really well spoken. Like, can we share your story? And I said. Sure, of course. And so they actually pitched my story to People Magazine, and People Magazine picked it up in their transformations issue. And then they shared it with Good Morning America, who shared it with Access Hollywood, and it just snowballed. This is all summer of last year in 2020, so middle of the pandemic. And my Instagram blew up overnight. It was the most overwhelming and wonderful thing, but it felt like I just walked out on a onto a stage of like 17,000 people. And I had no idea what to say. And my consultation calls were booked out for two weeks. And I didn't realize at the time that I needed to like create breaks to go to the bathroom. So lesson learned there. Oh my God. Yes, girl. Um, <laughs> you that girl. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And so I like all of a sudden overnight, there was this like huge demand. And I was like, Oh my gosh this is a chance. Like, do I want to do this? Do I want to like really lean into it and do it? And so July of last year, I decided to go all in on my coaching and it has been 
the most incredible experience. It feels like the greatest gift of my entire life. And it really just feels like I said earlier, like aligned, like I feel really aligned in this purpose. And I grew up in production agriculture on a ranch. My you know, young professional career was really in agriculture communications. I really love talking if you haven't noticed. And then I kind of had this like wake up call of, well, maybe my place in this community that I love so much isn't in production. It isn't in communications, but maybe my place in this industry is actually empowering the women within it to rebuild their relationships with themselves and live this healthy, happy life. And I was like, what greater gift could I give than to help women feel better in their bodies? And it just feels incredible and so unexpected in so many ways. And I'll be honest with you, Christina, like I still struggle all the time with imposter syndrome. And I think, and I don't know if you'll agree or not, but I feel like it's just kind of a part of being a human being. Like I think a lot of us, it comes up in all different areas of our life and knowing that me feeling that it doesn't mean that it's true, but having these mindset tools now allow me to really overcome that and self-coach myself in the seasons when I'm feeling like, are people going to realize that I don't know what I'm doing? (laughs) Every bloody day. It's an absolute train wreck every day. Yes. Like you and I were talking about, about it's the small things in the morning and actually fucking doing them. It is the exact same thing right now in business. The difference between your business and my business and someone who probably has much more experience than us is the willingness to do it. Yep. That is like the number one thing. So I, I hosted a live event in Austin a few years ago and I absolutely lost my butt. It's a long, I've done a podcast on it. I've, it was like, I had a partner, she backed out, had to sell the tickets. I lost like $50,000 in a weekend. Yeah, it was crazy town. However, I will tell you that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was one of the biggest failures in my business, but it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because most people, and I always say that to my clients, you are not, not most, you are a one percenter, two percent of people are willing to get kicked on their ass and stand back up and do it in the spite of imposter syndrome, quote unquote, failure, all of the things, but me losing and getting all the way to the end and like losing financially, but putting on one of the greatest events ever and showing up for it. And then after that event, continuing to step up, continuing to show up is the, the separator. Like it is literally the separator. And that's exactly what you're doing right now is you're showing up and literally just doing the damn thing every single day, taking one more step. And I'm sure like, you know, your background in agriculture and the communications part obviously helped you with knowing what the next thing is to do. But like, I help so many clients that come to me in the beginning and they're starting their business. Like, They're like, okay, how do I take payments? How do I create a contract? What do I do with this? What do I do with this? And it's the people who are willing to always step up. And it doesn't matter what level of growth you're at, whether you're making $100 or a million dollars, you still have to step into the imposter syndrome every single day. You get a question or a comment or whatever. And one of the things that you said there that I think was absolutely brilliant and I wanted to hone in on it was... I believe one of the keys to a very confident person is a person who's willing to say, I don't have all the answers. So the fact that you went to that first client and said, Hey, I've never done this. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but if you're willing to step into that for me, instead of going to that girl and be like, yeah, girl, I got you. I can handle it. No problem. No big deal. 
literally, I think that's one of the greatest things that you could have possibly done. And I hope our listeners are taking that, take that nugget that it doesn't mean that you can't do it if you don't have all the answers. Like Google is your best friend on the planet. (laughs) Yes, girl. And I I always say that like I enrolled in the University of YouTube um, when I started my business. And I still, I I Google things on the daily. Yeah, girl. Do you have a, do you, do you work with a coach now? So I'm actually in the process of finding a coach oh, right now. Good. I was about to say, I was like, I, and I'll be honest with you. I, I use a line, so she's getting one. So she must be a good coach, but I've always used a line. Never hire a coach that doesn't have a coach because yep. the yep. more you grow, I will tell you, I, I, I believe, and obviously I'm not a therapist, but I believe 50% of my calls each and every week. So I have, you know, eight hours of calls a day, (laughs) um, 50% of the time, they're all about business strategy. Go Mm -hmm. the other 50% of the time. It's almost like a therapist call. I am 100% not a therapist, but as, as you grow and you need the one thing that you said earlier that I truly do believe you need that overhead perspective. You need the external perspective to tell you what is real and what is not to get it out of your head. And then you need someone holding you accountable to make sure that you look at that wall that's placed in front of you as a hurdle. How do we get over that hurdle to make sure you continue to move forward? So, you know, I definitely think that, you know, you want to go further, uh, you know, have someone on your team to be able to fast track, you know, like, Hey, I've gone left here. It's an absolute shit show. Let's go right here. Here, let me tell you how to do this quicker. And so I'm a big believer in coaching. Obviously it's like how my whole entire life changed, you know, Mm -hmm. eight to 10 years ago, I I started going to masterminds and hiring coaches and going to events and all the things, but I'm a big believer in it. I I definitely think it's the, the fastest way to success for sure. I absolutely agree. And I love what you said about 50% is the tactical and 50% is, is really the mindset. And I feel like you know, I think we also have this idea in our head of like, oh, once I get here, like I'll finally be successful. But there's that old saying, new levels, new devils. And there are always going to be barriers, not just like with the actions that you take and like the the logistical stuff, but there are going to be mindset barriers that you have to break through and live into at every new point of your journey, whether it's your health journey, whether it's your entrepreneurial journey or whatever that looks like for sure. No matter what, I totally agree with you. You could be making a hundred dollars. You could be making a million dollars. You are still going to have the the need to have the external perspective, the mm. need to vent. And, you know, sometimes your closest people, you know, it's kind of like the thing where you like chat with your girlfriends with about certain things. You chat with your husband mm-hmm. about certain things. You chat with your coach about certain things. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's super, super important. So yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a 50% mindset, 50% strategy type of situation. Most totally. Of the time, for sure. Um, sorry, go ahead. There was something you said earlier that I wanted to just touch on. You were talking about the failures thing. And I think that a lot of us have this idea of people that are succeeding. They must have something we don't have. They must have some resource. They must have some extra money. They must have some extra skill that we don't have. And, and you, you mentioned that it's, it's the only difference is that they're willing to show up. And I think it's also your willingness to fail. Like you said, that epic failure of yours was now probably your greatest gift. You learned so much from that. And I think something that, that I've been talking a lot with my community about is, not, you know, success doesn't mean failing less often. It actually means failing more. But I think one of the things we can do is increase our elasticity to bounce back. Because I think what happens is when we fail, if we have that rocky relationship with failure, um, we can 
fail and then we will stay down. We will stay broken. We'll say like, this is the sign for me to turn around and give up. But instead, if we can increase our elasticity to fail and bounce back faster, I think that that is also a place where we can really grow and expand in a quicker way and and realize the lesson within it instead of allowing failure to ruin us and like completely deplete us. How can we fail, learn the lesson and bounce back just to keep standing up a little stronger on the other side of it? Totally agree. And I also think too, don't make it personal. Don't make it about you. Like the minute you can not make it about you, it's like, it happens to everyone. It's not like that. You're not a good coach. It's not that you're good, like failing at weight. It's not about you. It's like, it happens. It's called life. You're a human being doing a human thing. You're going to screw up. Cool. How fast can you dust yourself off? How fast can you learn that lesson? How fast can you figure out that next time it's just going to be a lesson learned every single time? Like if, you know, I always say like my, the clients that I love the most are the ones I'm like, okay, cool. So all that happens. So are we just going to like shut her down? Oh my God, what are you talking about? No, never. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's just a roadblock. How the fuck do we get over it? And how do we keep going faster? I mean, those are the people that I love the most. It's like, no matter what, when I boil it down and I'll say sometimes I'm like, oh, you're right. That is horrible. Should we probably shut her down? And, and those, those are people like, oh my God talking about, I would never shut it down. And that's me too. Like you could take away the internet. I guarantee you, you delete social tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm not going to ball like a baby for a week. You like, it just be all the things, but I would hundred percent figure out how to help people decide it's their turn day in day out. I know for a God given fact, this is my purpose on the planet. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you are like, so in alignment with yours. I mean, there's nothing that can stop me. And is it painful sometimes? Is it a hard lesson sometimes? Do you want to cry sometimes? Yes, all the things, but you're human. And as long as you don't quit, you will never fail. Like hundred percent. I don't know if you listen to country music, but Jamie Johnson's a good buddy of mine and he's been on the podcast before. And his one line is, is so amazing. He said, um, when failure or when quitting is not an option, everything else is. And Ooh, I, I love that. And that's so good. My husband uses it all the time now. That is pure gold. I'm going to have to write that down. Stay, take it, girl. Take it. Um, all right. So before we kind of, before I ask the last question, I'd love for everyone to know where they can find you, what your community is all about. Give us all the details and we'll put it in the show notes too, obviously. Sure. So you can learn more about my story at coachkaya.com. It's K-I-A-H is how you spell Kaya. I'm also on social on Facebook and Instagram as Coach Kaya. Instagram is my favorite place to hang out personally. Um, and my community is called Climb with Coach Kaya. And I also have my own podcast called Climbing with Coach Kaya as well. Um, and really what our community is about, it's just about, it's a group of women who are really trying to create this healthy life that they love from the inside out, really with that mindset first approach. A lot of the women do want to lose weight, but it's really less about weight loss. And it's more about learning how to love and appreciate and grow that self-love and respect for our bodies and really create a life that we love by caring for ourselves really, really well. So if that sounds like something that that you are needing in your life, we'd love for you to come join us and check out the community. Um, but I'd love to connect. That sounds awesome. And I also too saw that you had a podcast because my, uh, one of my, one of my clients who was originally the one who, uh, tagged you in the, in the, who should I have on my podcast? She shared your podcast. Is that relatively new? 
Yeah, it's really new. We just launched at the very end of July. So um, a very new medium, but I'm super excited about it. I think it's so fun so far. And I'm taking notes from you, Christina. Oh my gosh, girl. Well, I'll be honest with you. You speak flawlessly. Obviously your grandfather was completely correct. (laughs) Communication is definitely your gem. So the final question I always ask everyone, and I probably already, we we all probably already know your answer, but what was one of the greatest decisions you've ever made in your life? And if it went well, what was the lesson? And if it did not, what did you learn from it? Yeah. So this one, it does kind of probably feel a little bit repetitive, but I think it's something that we could all hear over and over again. Um, the greatest decision I ever made in my life was to take massive ownership of my decisions. And what it really taught me was that if we play victim in our life, then we become the victim in our life. And I think that really changing that perspective, no matter what the circumstances are, and listen, I know that some of us have really shitty circumstances and I don't want to minimize the pain and struggle of that. I feel very privileged in in a lot of ways. However, we always get to decide how we're going to think about something. And we always get to decide what actions we're going to choose next. And I think really learning to take ownership of how you respond to your circumstances that might be out of your control is really what shapes your entire life. It puts you back into the driver's seat and putting myself into the driver's seat has not only impacted my health in a really big way, but it's impacted my entire career, my entire mindset, my mental health, my relationships in such a huge and powerful way. So if you find yourself blaming the people around you, your circumstances around you, I want to lovingly slap you in the face and say, how can you look at the hand that you're dealt right now and take massive ownership of your life and choose how you're going to respond moving forward? It will completely change everything. Mm, I think we can just end there. That was so lovely. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. This was so wonderful. I loved it. Are you one of the many people each month that tell me they can't find a tribe of like-minded people who are ready to decide it's their turn? If so, I have the absolute solution for you. It's the Decide It's Your Turn Network, a tribe of like-minded, high-vibe humans who are ready to thrive in life and business. It's a community off social media in its own private app where I come in and teach twice a month live, taking your questions, connecting you with amazing humans from around the globe, all for less than $100 a month. The Decide It's Your Turn Network. You guys, check out the show notes, find the link, ChristinaLecure.com forward slash network. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.